Hey, Peppin. Yo, yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot lately about um, getting high. Getting high? Yeah. Drugs? No, no, like climbing a mountain. Oh, I love hiking. Yeah, I like hiking and going long distances when hiking. Yeah, some people do crazy things. Like they like hike for days and days with just the food on their back. And it's like, how did they do that? I have an idea. I think we should talk to somebody who's done something like that. We know someone's that's done that? We do. Who? Oh, we need to talk. Is he right there? He's right there. Oh, hi, Nick. Oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Welcome back. So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend, Nathan Pepin. How's it going, Pepin? Yo, yo. How you doing, Meter? I'm pretty good. Thanks so much. You didn't answer my question, though. How are you? Oh. Oh. Doing good, Meter. <laughs> glad to hear it. And I am here with another one of my best friends, Nick James. How's it going, Nick? Hey. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. Nick has an amazing story of something that I don't think I would be able to do. Um, and that's hiking a part of the Appalachian Trail, a big section of it. And I want to hear that story, and I, I'm sure you do too. Yeah, yeah. And my first question, to be honest, is I kind of have a vague idea what the Appalachian Trail is, but not exactly. C can you explain what the hike is and what it involves? So the Appalachian Trail is uh, it's a hike from Georgia, I believe, all the way up to Mount Katahdin in Maine. And a lot of people start in Georgia and finish in Maine because Maine summers are pretty uh pretty limited with days you can hike in summer and actually be nice it's my favorite afternoon and so for people who are listening in china we have a couple uh about how many miles is that is that like it's like thousands thousands I yeah think. oh my god that's fucking intense it is very intense people really do that people really do that people it's... quit their jobs out there some people i've talked to out there just quit their job and started hiking Oh my God. And so you hiked the trail. Did you go the full way or was it like this part way? Uh, just part way. I just did the 100 mile wilderness, which is commonly known as the most difficult part of the trail because it's one mm. entrance, one exit. Um, but things kind of changed. My perceptive uh, perception kind of changed once I got out there and talked to some people about the 100 mile. Just a little bit about uh, Appalachian Trail. Um, it's a marked hiking trail in the eastern United States, extending between Springer Mountain in Georgia and Mount Katahdin in Maine, exactly like you said. And it runs for 2,175 miles and passes through 12 states. And as far as uh, hiking or, um, you know, nature goes in the United States, it is the standard. It's the, the benchmark of people who are serious about hiking and uh, outdoorsy stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the thing to do. Um, but you said you did the, the hundred miles in Maine, which is, isn't that one of the hardest sections because it's Maine? Yeah. Well, like I said, there was like one entry, one exit to this section. So it's pretty wild. And honestly, I did it by myself too, which is a whole nother You mean like hurdle. trailed entrances and exits? Like obviously you right. can cut through the woods to get out or whatever, but it's I like mean, you could get lost like instantly. You don't have cell phone service. So cutting through the woods probably is not the best idea. Meter. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're really good with a map. <laughs> and a compass. <laughs> and a compass. But yeah. Okay. So what made you want to do this trip? Uh, I just have been 
searching for things to uh, push myself in new limits and I'm always pretty physical like mm-hmm. uh, I work out every day and I like to play basketball like Wednesday nights play men's league and uh, I like to really get out there in the wilderness I go hunting a lot too yeah, so yeah. I like uh, being out there and doing it by myself was pretty peaceful honestly I just mm-hmm. took uh, a week and a half vacation time from work and went out there and planned pretty well uh, as well as I thought anyways I covered all my basis and then we can get into that uh, talk, talk to prep. me about planning what was that all oh, about because wow. I, I remember so, talking to you while you were planning and you were going was, over with me all the things you uh, did and it was amazing to me how much you were thinking ahead and how much you were planning so I this isn't my first big hike this is my first big hike with a lot of overnights continuous um, but I've done overnights in New Hampshire. I'm doing the 48, 4,000 footers, which is pretty awesome. Um, What's that real quick? The There's 48 mountains in New Hampshire that are 4,000 feet oh. in elevation. So it's pretty wild to get to the top of those. It's usually probably six to eight hours. Is that a, like a lot of the White Mountains? Yes, it's yeah. right up in the White Mountains, uh, basically right off the, uh, uh, right up in North Conway. Yep, yep. King Amingus Highway. Oh, if yeah. That's a good one. And that's up where uh, Man in the Mountain used to be. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Appalachian, though. So this wasn't your first big, this wasn't your first solo hike, but this was your first extended multiple night. Continuous. Continuous. Right. Like you were planning for how many days? Uh, I was planning for 10 days. 10 days. So you And it's just whatever up. you brought in is what you had. Right. So 10 days. I was planning for, to have 10 days worth of food and supplies um, because if you chop that up, if you get hurt or something, walking 10 miles a day is pretty, pretty far. I mean, it's pretty vigorous, especially if you're hiking mountains too and going over rivers and having to constantly take your shoes off and um, find out where exactly you're going because mm-hmm. you don't have cell phone service out there, which is pretty wild. How did you know what to plan for, like as far as rivers and stuff goes? Did you look at where you were going to be traveling and all of that? Did you talk to people? So basically, my biggest part of my planning was where am I staying, right? What kind of food I'm bringing? What kind of protection am I bringing from the elements and, you know, maybe some crazy bear, yeah. zombie bear out there oh. um, and other people, honestly, uh, because... Mm. You can't really call for help out there. Mm-hmm. And um, although I imagine if you're going to jump somebody, the Appalachian Trail is probably not the best place to do it. Yeah. It's a great I, place to murder someone, though. I mean, oh, I, I mean, that's, that's I don't think anybody would be really willing to do that. But, you know, it, yeah. it, it seems like a lot of hiding out just to kill someone. But <laughs> uh, especially a random person. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like a hiker. Most so hikers did are you good do, people, I think. Did you do that? Oh, I don't like generalizations like that. <laughs> uh, did you do? Um, did you do a, like a lot of internet research or anything like that? Uh, so going out, I just went on the internet basically, and uh, I didn't have anything for a continuous overnight. I'd just been doing day hikes, so I had like uh, the basic um, water pouch that you bring with you. Uh, yeah, yeah go, over, go over all, all the gear you brought. So. For my day hikes for the 48,000 footers, um, I just have like a camelback and whatever I bought for lunch that day, usually a sandwich and maybe some granola bars, uh, maybe some bandages. So that's um, like a day thing. Yeah, it's like basically like a day thing. And then maybe like I brought a lighter or um, I don't know, really light though. Mm-hmm. And so I had a... It's like everything in one backpack and... No, I wouldn't say everything. You can take that little backpack, a day pack to a 10-day trip. No, no, no. So uh, I'm sorry. I'm saying for the 10-day trip, you bring just like a backpack. Yeah. With a bunch of stuff. It's a giant backpack. So I bought an Osprey. I think it's like a 60-liter backpack. So it's a giant backpack. Mm -hmm. It's got, it's not like a typical backpack. It was a couple hundred bucks. Uh, Shout out to L.O. Bean. That's why I picked up my backpack. Keep it local. Um, But uh, so 60 liters, you could basically put like an infant standing up in it. 
I mean, I was probably carrying, I don't know, way too much going into the woods because I was scared to get injured or run out of food or get lost. So I overpacked for sure. I probably had like 50 or 60 pounds on me. It's a damn good time to be cautious. (sighs) No, it definitely is, especially without cell phone service Mm -hmm. and just relying on myself for 10 days. Yeah, I I know I've heard stories about people in the military who have to carry these giant backpacks and they actually have to like, uh, you know, calculate for that weight they're carrying on their back because that actually has like a lot big impact on fatigue and kind of everything like that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, going to L.L. Bean in Freeport, um, when I bought the backpack, they fitted me with the right size backpack. So they have a bunch of settings on the backpack and uh, they basically tell you what your load should be. Um, I don't remember what my load was. I think it was like 50 or 60 pounds at max. And I I maxed that right out. I mean, Mm. I, I was carrying a very packed backpack. I was like... You point. shared a picture with me of like all of the stuff you had laid out. Actually, it was a video because you had to pan so much. There was so much stuff. Yeah. So basically like uh, prep backpack is obviously the uh, mm-hmm. one of the big essentials. Um, another big essential is a map. So there's this awesome app called Gut Hook. Um, shout out to Gut Hook because that's really an awesome app to have. So without cell phone service out there, you can still access the map and it'll show you where you are on the map and oh, next wow. water sites, next tenting sites. So that was really useful as long as I had battery in my phone. That's fair. I, some people go through charging their phones twice a day. I mean, mm-hmm. try doing that for 10 days, not having a phone charger yeah, on so you. So you check it when you have to. When you have to, which was one one of my major mistakes because I ended up buying a solar panel uh, to bring with me with the USB hookup. So I was like, oh, I'm set. Like, it's mm-hmm. gonna oh, I can, be sunshine, I can use like, it as much as I want. Yeah, exactly. So basically it was a power bank and uh-huh. I ran out real quick Did because there's a light on it, a LED light too. So I was using that at night instead of like starting fire or like using my phone. I did have a flashlight too. I mean, I really prepped for worst scenario. Yeah, yeah. From what I've heard, those uh, solar panel ones don't work too well, but it's like good in the bind, but it, it's not like got to charge it's a your power phone. bank, yeah. basically. Like I couldn't even, at the end of it, I was putting it in direct sunlight and I couldn't even get my phone to yeah. turn back on. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I got a uh, gut hook, which is a, uh, a mapping service, which is, like I said, really awesome. You can use that without um, cell phone service. And I also got a hard copy, um, waterproof copy of the map. And I did this several weeks in advance because I wanted to know exactly uh, a plan to tell people where I'm going to be on these days, Mm -hmm. Uh, like loved ones, my girlfriend, my father, my brother. Yeah. Um, What were they thinking when you told them? Why the hell are you doing this? (laughs) Is that what everybody said? (laughs) Why are you doing this? It's too dangerous. Find someone to do it with you. I couldn't find anybody to go with me. I mean, Mm -hmm. who's got 10 Mm -hmm. days I can just dedicate to spending two grand and going out and camping out. Mm-hmm. Was there any arguments they said that made you kind of double think it, or were you just committed, like straight ahead? Well, he's a Taurus. Not really, <laughs> not really uh, double thinking it, but um, I just got everyone's opinion on what I should bring and made sure that mm-hmm. everyone's compiled list is something I had one or two of. Yeah. So I mean, I had a couple of different knives on me, which probably was a mistake. Um, I brought a couple of different lights, which was nice. Like I got a lantern, a flashlight, headlight, uh, solar panel light, and my yeah. phone. So. so there was a ton of prep that went into this, um, and you, you took time off work, and then uh, it was finally it was the day of the uh, of the the journey. Where where did you start, and what was what was day one like? So, well, getting back to prep here. Okay. Um. So I wanted to plan out my nights on okay. the map. 
in where I would be. So I told people. So you could pace yourself and people would know where you are. Exactly. And check out the terrain too. So you don't want to go into this blind, um, Mm -hmm. not knowing that you're hiking a few different 3000 foot mountains the first or second day, you know, you want to be prepared for like water crossings, which I bought Crocs for, which is really nice because they dried really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, footwear is a big thing too. Um, because Did I you t- have to end up eating your Crocs? No. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Planned out the trip several weeks in advance. Food, I there's so much on the internet these days about how much calories you should have yeah. if you're walking or hiking this many miles they, i mean they, there's so many calculators out there of how much elevation how much do you weigh what's your age how much your daily calorie intake so mm-hmm. i mean it's just getting you to be more cautious which i was so i had a bunch of these uh freeze-dried meals that i brought with me and um like mres uh yeah they're kind of like mres but um I, I looked into getting MREs and these trail packs uh, that I bought were way nicer because you just boil some water out in the wilderness and just throw it in this like basically large Ziploc, heavy duty Ziploc bag with your dried food in it. And I was having lasagna. Yeah, like rehydrates there. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So an MRE is like the military ration. It's a meal ready to eat for anybody right. who doesn't know. With high calories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the idea is when military people are out hiking, doing this exact thing, but like on a military level, right. um, they're they can stay uh, in their zone. Right. So I got a bunch of those and I made some like granola and um, dried fruit pack. I just bought a bunch of like dried fruit off Amazon and a bunch of granola and mixed that all up into one giant like basically trash bag before I left and then portioned it out into several days. Trail mix. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to like not always be in my backpack getting something yeah. so i rationed that out into ziplocs so i could stick them in my uh, cargo pants yeah. when i was hiking so i could just eat and hike on the way so i could really focus on getting through the trail because i mean 100 miles if you're screwing around the first couple of days and you're only like mile 15 you're gonna yeah. be like oh i got like so 85 you, miles left so you planned out these are the places that i want to i want to be Accomplish. at by these yep. by these days yep. okay what was there anything else as far as prep goes um Going back to footwear, um, mm-hmm. I tore my ACL skiing Sunday River. And How long ago? Uh, it's two and a half years, three years ago now. Okay. So it was pretty fresh. Um, and this is like my big mental feat to... So that was another part of this hike for you was oh, not yeah. only to prove that you can do this thing by yourself, but also that your ACL is not going to hold right, you back. Right, that I recovered from my ACL fully wow. and that I can yeah, yeah. do this so 100 that, miles. So this was like a really big yeah. deal on a spiritual level. Oh, absolutely. So even the mountains that I uh, hiked with the, the Osprey pack before going out there by myself, I was icing my foot, I mean my uh, knee every night. I actually brought some Icy Hot out on the trail with me to mm. rub it on my knee when it was like swollen. A bunch of ibuprofen too because I want to keep that swelling down so I can actually get through the trail and not cop out a mile 25 so as far as all that preparation goes uh how confident were you in that preparation were you, were you feeling pretty good or were you I like was, uh, i mean you're out there for 10 days by yourself how good can you feel about putting something in a backpack i remember talking to you and i thought like this kid's over preparing like he's got everything in the world um and then uh, i know you were still stressed out about it and you were like i i mean i do but there's always something that I could be forgetting because for me, it wasn't the reality that it was for you where you're like, this is a thing. This is my life. I could lose my life out here by myself and they won't recover me for several days. You know, what are you drinking? Uh, shout out to Orno Brewing Company. this is a uh, India pale they're making. It's called tubular. It's really good beer. 
It's really awesome. Orno, Maine. You should guys check that out and buy some of that beer if they're selling it online. I don't know. Is Probably. beer something you brought with you on the trip? No. <laughs> I did not bring beer. It was too heavy. Fair enough. That's I know some fair. people hiking through, though, that had alcohol in them. They uh, went mm-hmm. to a hostel that night, and that's kind of a treat for people coming up from Georgia to be at a hostel and be next to like a Hannaford because they'll just buy all the beer they can and drink because they're you know 2,000 miles in <laughs> finishing it up you know yeah yeah at a 150 day adventure or if they're section hiking yeah yeah um, it's a little different so the first day that you got there what was going through your mind like were you like prepared did you feel like oh shit what, what did I get myself into or is it like okay I got this what, uh, was, what was your mindset stepping onto the trail oh. and where did you step onto the trail okay so it's a part near Bangor um, mm-hmm. the exact town I'm not 100% on mm-hmm. uh, it's been a little bit since I've been to that like Ellsworth or that area no, no. Um, Green Greenville okay yeah so it's in that area um, so getting onto the trail so that night I drove from Portland Maine up to Bangor to stay with my buddy Ethan which is uh, an hour and a half no yeah, probably, probably two. a little bit I mean Maine's a big state compared yeah, yeah. to some other states so. actually it's probably closer to three up to Bangor I know it was three from Lebanon which is right near Portland maybe 30 minutes so probably two hours anyway go yeah, on yeah so I went up there the night before and I uh, went out to dinner with one of my good buddies from uh, from caribou way up there top of the county shout out to the arista county kids potatoes for life yeah for sure potato capital so uh i went up there and spent the night with my buddy went to the casino had a few beers uh hung out had some some chicken tenders or whatnot that night and uh he brought me to the trailhead the next day because i didn't want to leave my car at the trailhead and there's limited parking and uh it's pretty wild actually so went out and partied the night before how were they you know what the chicken tenders oh Amazing. Okay. <laughs> I needed to know. That was important. Uh, it was. Gagans and Bangor. All Shout right. out to Gagans. All the shout outs oh, to these man. main these, companies. These <laughs> love it. It's best wings in town. All right. So um, so you stepped on in Greenville or whatever that yep. the next morning. The next morning. So I got Ethan up early um, and we took off and got coffee and we're driving out there. And I'm double checking my pack, making sure I got all the food, making sure I got the extra clothing make sure i got you know water mm-hmm. filtration system my little stove uh i mean everything band-aids making just double checking anything that i could get before i got on this trail for the 10-day hike mm-hmm. and i went through everything too many times before i went out there by myself mm-hmm. and uh so i finally got to the trailhead i'm lacing out my boots i got these uh wool socks on for um uh, sweat wickening gave ethan a kiss Ethan actually came on the trail with me. Did he? Yeah. So, uh, so we got there, and this this guy was sitting in his truck, and uh, he was drinking a coffee and s- smoking a bowl. And I was like, "Hey, how's it going?" He's like, "Good. My name's uh, Ponytail Pete." I was like, "Hey, Pete." <laughs> Ponytail Pete. Like, okay, yeah. so this is an NPC. <laughs> is, is, so, is that what you really said, though? Oh yeah. I, he, he gave me his number. <laughs> wow. He put Ponytail Pete six. on a, on a, like a little business card and gave it to me. That's so awesome. every That's morning funny. he goes to the trailhead and uh, smokes a little tree and has his coffee with his dog in the passenger seat of his truck and anyone going into the 100 mile wilderness usually gives them like a card or if they friendly or whatnot and he said if you have any trouble like I'm um, this mileage on the trail so you can uh, 
walk down this dirt road That's to my really house. Cool. Yeah, so it's pretty tightly knit community because it, it's very dangerous out there. I mean, mm-hmm. you can imagine with water crossings, you could hurt yourself, twist an ankle, break something. Uh, some of these mountains I climbed were dead drop offs for 200 yards. I mean, you could. How far did Ethan go with you? Uh, Ethan only did like the first mile with me or so. He just wanted to get out there, and we were following some uh, some. Uh, hikers hiking through um some through hikers what they're called and uh they're laughing they're like holy your buddy's with you on the trail he's got to bring a lot more than orange juice because he was hung over <laughs> he's that orange juice and i had this giant backpack and we were just like walking through the woods you know mm-hmm. um so uh yeah stepping on was uh like a big accomplishment for myself because not only was it like all my preparation and all my worry came down to today, but I was executing it perfectly when I first stepped on the trail. I knew I, I was very confident being out there by myself. I could survive with the amount of food, with the whether it rained on me, whether, mm. I mean, I had everything that so I you thought. felt confident and everything was, you were off on the right foot. Oh, right. literally. It was just the variables that yeah. made me worry. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I've never done this far of a hike before. I, I don't know who's out on the trail. Um, what kind of animals mm-hmm. could potentially injure me? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, like uh, if you look online on like YouTube, some of the water crossings can get pretty wild in spring. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like chest deep on some of these rivers you're going through and you got a 60 pound pack on your back and you can get swept away real easy. Oh, geez, that's insane. Yeah. So they have like uh, to cross the rivers, they have a rope tied from one tree of the river to the other. And you just grab the rope and like shimmy yourself across the river and then hope, mm-hmm. pray to God that you don't fall because a wet hiker is not a f- happy hiker by any means. Mm-hmm. And just for context, this trail, is this like a man-made trail or is it just like uh, people happen to hike that kind of way? So it's kind of like padded down a bit or. So the Appalachian Trail, um, this it. I would say, yeah, obviously it's man-made if it's not like a deer trail (laughs) for following. Yeah, yeah, but like how how cut is it? Oh, okay. So like... uh, It's not like paved. It's not... No, they they have uh, parts of the trail where it's pretty muddy and it's consistently muddy every year there they make the they cut down trees in the middle of the trail so people go out and that's why it's important mm-hmm. to donate to Appalachian Trail Club because these people go out with chainsaws and these bad parts of these trails and cut down trees and make these little bridges um with a tree sliced in half so you can walk on the flat side that's cool over these like marshy areas and yeah so it's really important for the ATC to be out there keeping mm-hmm. people safe first and foremost but being out there and keeping the trails up too and so you're able to keep going on a path it's kind of obvious where you're going it's not like you're gonna get lost just kind of walking out somewhere in the woods just like randomly that's an awesome thing that you just brought up because the very first day i was out there as soon as ethan left i got lost within the first two hours oh (laughs) jeez okay so So how'd you get lost and how'd you get back so i got lost because i wanted to keep my phone off and gut hook i should have just had on the whole time and brought a couple power banks because of the gps satellite showing me exactly where i am on the trail um so i got lost because i didn't know when i first went on the appalachian trail usually they have like a white stripe on the tree to tell you like or an at Mm. like uh symbol on the tree to say like this is part of the Appalachian Trail it's pretty obvious where people are walking through the woods I mean there's no like roads you're not hearing cars drive by or planes fly overhead I mean you're really out there you can only hear mosquitoes flying around your head 
So it's like, it's pretty wild and you just got to follow the AT, uh, the white trail going through. Um, but one thing I didn't realize when I first went out there, cause I don't have a whole lot of hiking experience before this AT, I was just doing strictly 4,000 footers in New Hampshire. So mm. it's pretty obvious. Like you can either go up the front side of the back side of the mountain and then come back down the same trail. Whereas this was like a continuous, you're pushing forward, blazing new trail. This is like a full adventure every day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so when there's two stripes on the tree, that means there's a turn in the trail. And I didn't know that. So I walked right by it. Like, oh, this is part of the trail. <laughs> walked by it. And good thing I brought orange, blaze orange duct tape. And I had it on the outside of my pack. So when I had my pack, I just had like a, I rolled it up like toilet paper. Mm-hmm. And instead of bringing the whole duct tape, I rolled it up like toilet paper so I could just rip it off and really march smart. the tree and not have to go into my backpack because taking that off 60 pounds, you know, it's, that's really heavy. And then mm-hmm. to find it and yeah, with yeah. clothes, food, mm-hmm tent yep. sleeping bag shoes so did you put those like on trees or uh yeah so, so you were marking your own trail my own trail yeah. basically the very first day like four hours five hours into this hundred mile wilderness when I did you lost. realize you were off off trail and that you needed to the guys behind on. me um i turned around and they were hiking fast in the distance probably like 40 meters and it looked like they were on a trail so i didn't want to cut through the woods to try to find that where they are just in case there was like a Y or a fork in the trail. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I was on the, the right trail. So I, I marked my own trail out and I was like, this is wrong. I'm going to go back to where I saw that sign. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed there's like a, a footpath going to the left. I was okay. like, Oh, okay. So you lost a little bit of time, but you learned something pretty valuable. Pretty oh, quick. absolutely. Day one, yep. day one, hour four in there. It wasn't even like high noon at the time. It was, wow. yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a shock on my first day out there. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're like, you know, I I planned all of this and I didn't plan for really this scared exact me. thing. Yeah, it really scared like, me. Wow, Especially I could day really one. get lost. Yeah, yeah. But that was good heads up play to be like, it looks like they're somewhere different. Let me start marking my path. Yeah. See, that's like, what if they hadn't been there? Would you have even known you were off the path? No, because the ferns come up to your knee, so you wow. can't see like a foot trail. Yeah. In between a forest of ferns, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 Were you thinking this was a good idea at the end of that first day, or were you thinking, oh God, like, like, I was scared. I was scared at the end mm-hmm. of the first day. Was there anything more eventful that happened during that day? Um, how far did you get? Uh, the first day, I think I got like 15 or 16 miles in. So I was like, I was, and that's with a multiple hour detour of, of going the wrong way for a little uh, bit. It wasn't multiple hours, probably like oh. an hour, hour and a half, because I mean, I just started doing like the basic, like walking in a big circle and then walking in a big circle and then like figuring out where I was and then mm. just actually going back through my mark trail to find out where the trail was. Basic for you, uh, not basic for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. Right. Who's never been in the woods before, yeah, yeah. like coming from Pennsylvania or New York and yeah, not exactly. knowing any kind of like bearings. or. So you to, already had a leg up in, in that regard that you, yeah, knew, you knew some yeah, tricks. Yeah, I knew some tricks of the trade because uh, I've been out hunting before and I got lost hunting in the Allagash Woods, which is a whole nother story. Mm-hmm. That's probably the most wild part of the United States. I don't care what anyone says. There's no cell phone service. Look it up. Your mm-hmm. carrier doesn't cover the top left part of Maine I guarantee yeah, all it. the territories that aren't technically even towns all that area oh yeah, you, yeah you're yeah. going up there it's and like you're territory just, 261 yeah there's yeah, not yeah. even like a anything fire so, station anything so you made it uh you said like 15 16 miles day one yeah so I was planning on like I, I was I was 
another big part of my preparation was hitting the gym every day and working on the right muscles so I'm not sore. Mm -hmm. So I was doing a lot of like stair stepping, conditioning, um, conditioning, yeah, running, um, weighted like lunges and stuff just to get really get my legs rock solid for this. Keep you loose and yeah, and some chest things too because I mean that pack is really weighing you down, um, pulling you back, back towards the earth when you're walking. So were you sore after day one? Um, No, I was not sore after day one. Um, I, I had been training at the gym for several months before. I mean, I'm talking training hard at the gym for four months, probably the last month and a half going like crazy, like Mm. two to two a day workouts. And then the week going up to it, like three or four days going up to the actual getting into the trail. I just took off to recover. Mm. How, how many hours did you hike day one? When did you step onto the trail and when did you stop hiking that day? Um, so I got a little bit of, I wouldn't say a late start, but we had a drive in the morning and then I had to lace up my boots, my hiking boots. So I'd say I started at like ponytail Pete. Yeah. And ponytail Pete, my friend, um, so I probably stepped on the trail probably like eight eight thirty, and yeah. I didn't stop hiking till about four thirty is when I started thinking where am I setting up tent? Where am I gonna set up tent and relax? So that's like an eight hour day. Yeah. So basically, like the whole time I was out there, I was getting up before the sunrise. So mm-hmm. once you started seeing like the sun coming up and you started getting a little bit light, and you can make out people's like you can make out like the outline of trees and mm-hmm. you know the outhouse or wherever you are or people, then I started getting up because every morning you had to like pack up your sleeping bag, you got to yeah. put your boots on. Where'd you stop day one? Um, day one, uh, I stopped. It, they called. Um, uh, they're like solo camping sites off the trail. So one of the big rules for, for the ATC is, uh, or even hiking on the Appalachian trail is you can't camp right off the trail. It, they will find you several hundred dollars. Who, who's they exactly? Is that the, uh, like the I think it's game ones that come through and make sure that because it's public land mm-hmm. and they don't want to ruin it. I mean, mm-hmm. with this being such a tourist attraction on the East coast, um, people coming for the beauty and the mm-hmm. Appalachian Trail, they don't want this to turn into like a parking lot kind of yeah, yeah. camping section. So they have set places you have to get to to camp? Yeah, they have sent lean-to. So that's one of the big things um, with prep. I looked at how far these lean-tos were from each other, and Gut Hook really uh, helped me with that because I'd get on my Gut Hook app mm-hmm. um, once or twice a day just to see next water stop. If I needed to fill up on water, it was 1.2 miles ahead. Next tent site was three miles ahead and depending on how I was feeling that day and depending on the weather I mean like I said there's a bunch of variables out there but um I would base like my rest of my afternoon so you forecast the next three hours where you're going to fill up for water for the night where you're going to put your tent down and how are you going to prep for the next morning mm-hmm. how easy was sleeping that first night was it just like right out or were you worried about like bears animals or such um such? So first night, uh, wasn't too bad, um, because I had done some overnights. Um, I got like a bivy tent, which is like just a one person tent, just enough for you. And I keep out the bugs. Yeah. It's basically, it's a one person tent. It looks like a a coffin. Mm. Like basically the tent is just a coffin. You can't sit up in it the whole length of it Mm. because one side slanted for your feet. And the other side is like for your head, obviously. So you can sit up one side. Yeah. So if you went in the other way, you know what I mean? Your head would hit the top of the tent. It's basically like a diamond with mm, like, mm. I don't know how to okay. really explain it. Yeah, yeah. So it was just enough for me and my backpack, really not even my backpack. Cause I was using it as a pillow. That's how tight it was. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but sleeping first night wasn't too terrible because I picked a really good weekend to go in and I knew the weather was going to be nice. It wasn't going to be like crazy rainstorms where it's soaking wet hiking. No one wants to do that. And uh, it wasn't too cold at all. It was in the 60s, 70s, I believe. Did you wake up feeling uh, feeling good and ready to go? Or were you still a little tired from the night before so, from sleeping on the ground? I need a little bit of practice. Uh, so that's where the 4,000-footers came in and did a couple overnights over there with setting up the tent, getting mm-hmm. dinner ready, putting your sleeping bag together and what you needed to do to prep for that night. And a big thing that I learned out there too is a successful day of hiking. You need to prep the night before for the next morning. Mm-hmm. So like oh, yeah, yeah. for breakfast, mm. coffee, water mm-hmm. to get on the trail. Like you don't want to think about these things in the, in the so morning. So what was your nightly routine? So my nightly routine is as soon as I got too tired to hike and I found a good place to, uh, to put down, I would immediately find a place to either set my tent up or, a part of the lean-to so some of the Appalachian Trail has these lean-to's where it could fit probably eight people underneath it just a real basic wooden structure made from trees I mean not like boards cut up it's just straight up trees is like mm-hmm. screwed together that's um, really cool yeah and I mean the the it wasn't leak proof a uh, leak proof roofing or by any means and usually just one fire pit some nights I stayed in the lean-to some nights I put up my tent but the advantage of staying in the lean-to is you don't have to put up your tent so when you wake up at five six o'clock in the morning you're not thinking about breaking down your tent making sure that you have all the stakes from your tent to set it up for the next night making sure that you know you're not dropping something and leaving mm-hmm. something behind like because if you leave you know one part of your tent behind That's especially it. like one of those sticks to help erect your tent. Yeah. 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 So like there's a lot of intricacies to like preparation and kind of setting up and also just going through the trail and from an outside perspective for someone who's never done this sort of hike, it seems very, very complex. Like this like seems like there's so many different things, but is this something that's like people who are used to hiking? They're so, this is like second nature, like don't even have to think about it. Yeah. So some people out there, like, it's pretty funny. Like, um, so everyone's got their trail names and uh, this this young girl, she was like 23, 24, hiking from Georgia up to Maine by herself. Wow. Oh, jeez. So she made me look That's like... super hardcore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this is how hardcore she was. She would break her toothbrush in half to take off the excess plastic so it would be less weight in her pack. Wow. Okay. That's thinking ahead. Okay. Yeah. She was hardcore. So she like showed up. She hiked for like 12 hours that day, showed up, smoked a bowl, <laughs> ate dinner and went to sleep. I was like, wow. <laughs> so, uh, so the next morning you woke up, uh, crack of dawn, packed up your stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm still like that adrenaline rush high. Like my first day I got to where I wanted to go. It was a mm-hmm. long hike and, uh, I got set up, spent my first overnight. I was feeling good. Um, nothing bad happened first day, except for when I f- went to get water for the first day i slipped off the rock and fell into the river oh my so goodness. my brand new boots that i bought which will come into play later on day like six seven eight um i bought some merrill leather boots thinking that it was a great idea to do 100 miles in them and a lot of people that hike trails know that you want some trail running shoes some mesh shoes so you don't have so much friction mm. in your shoes so i had these waterproof leather boots that went into the river the first day soaked from the inside out yeah. oh my god that's brutal so that were they dry the next morning at all Probably uh, not. i did my best to dry those out um I mean, there's a couple of techniques to dry them out, throwing some hot rocks off the fire inside your boot to get that condensation to, you know, steam up and 
There's a rock in my boot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> blow dryer. That might work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Your portable blower dryer. Yeah. I did not. have that in my pack. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't have that, obviously. So, uh, yeah. So my, my nightly routine is basically setting up tent, putting down my sleeping bag as fast as possible, uh, getting into a comfortable position, like making sure that I'm going to be okay for the night, make sure I got enough water starting to boil water for food that night, getting a early meal in before the, the sun went down mm-hmm. and uh, prepping for the next morning. So usually I would have filtered water um, and some oatmeal and some coffee I already put in like a little coffee mug. I had a little stainless coffee mug with a carabiner I just clipped on and uh, a little bowl for oatmeal. So I could just wake up, light the stove and then uh, get to cooking as soon as I woke up. So I had a hot meal right before I left because mm-hmm. by the time I got my tent, my sleeping bag all packed up, put it in my backpack, I, the food was ready and then I could That's eat smart. and leave. So it definitely sounds like there's a lot more to the story and getting a little bit long here so we can break this into part two. B- before we end this episode, is there anything you want to plug, Dick? Um, you already plugged the beer company. Yeah, I'll, I'll plug Osprey Packs because that was a really good pack for me to bring on the uh, Appalachian Trail. Mm-mm. That's awesome. Excellent. So we'll cover this next part in part two of the Appalachian Trail episode. The Nick James story. The Nick, Nick James, James story. 100 mile, let's get lost on first day trail. That's a. That's it. That's what the episode's yep. going to be called. It's a very long title, but I like it. I like it. Nick, Nick. James getting lost 100 miles. Next time. We did to talk.